Thanks for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today's podcast is part of our ongoing COVID-19 series. As organizations around the globe confront the challenges presented by the coronavirus outbreak, even the most seasoned talent leaders find themselves in uncharted territory. Months into the pandemic, we are still facing rising cases around the globe and continued uncertainty. However, for many organizations, it is important to keep the talent acquisition function moving, whether to make new hires, build talent pipelines, or simply plan for what's next. In that spirit, we're talking about what implementation looks like today. Implementing a new talent program traditionally involves hands-on, face-to-face work. But now, the process is virtual. Joining me to talk about the process is People Scout Vice President of Global Implementation, Emily Gordon. Emily, thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be back. I always like it when I get invited back, so that's fun. Now, this year, we have seen a lot of change. How has the pandemic changed the process of implementing talent programs? Well, first of all, it moved everything, obviously, 100% virtual. Um, And, you know, in in some ways, having to shift what was just almost like muscle memory for us and things that we depended on, like those nonverbal cues and things like that, um, you know, really, really pushed us to leverage technology and to be able to use, you know, new tools. Um, Also really thinking about different ways to work with our stakeholders, both internally and externally. Um, doing a lot of video, doing a lot of um, checking in, stopping a little bit more, um, but also um, we had to break up the session. So normally in an implementation, we would do a, a big kickoff. It would be over a few days where you really can get through um, a lot of the butterflies and a lot of the um, nervousness and excitement um, that, that kind of you, know, you need to work through. And it allowed us to um, chunk up the sessions and, and it, it, we kind of hit the ground running a little bit faster. Um, and then we have to build the relationship um, a little bit more over a longer period. So um, there's a lot of trust that goes in the first few days of us doing things. People are anxious um, to get started and start to see progress. Um, and, and we're certainly able to do that. We've been accelerating. We're actually doing things a little bit faster um, than we normally did in terms of overall timeline. It just seems like it's a little bit slower in the beginning um, to get things started because we just don't have that interpersonal connection right away. But what's been great about it is we also don't have a lot of the loss of time in terms of travel um, and coordinating schedules that way, um, and we can really just get down to get down to business and and uh, get started, which has um, been really important. Is we're also seeing people wanting to implement faster uh, because they had to scale down so quickly due to COVID. Now they're needing to to ramp back in um, for different seasons and things that they have. You got into this a little here, but what does the process look like now? Um, so in overall implementation, the process, um, we, we really boiled it down into four steps um, that we use the acronym NEXT. Um, and so we, we go through a needs analysis um, where we are working with our sales team and our solutions architects to understand what they've heard during the process. Um, then we, we meet with the customer initially to really understand, okay, you, you've bought this service. Now, um, do we all agree on what success is? And, and are we making sure we're not missing anything else that we could be doing? And then we move to um, the, the E, which is engage and evaluate. And so we're, we're speaking with more stakeholders at the customer. We're starting to bring in our delivery teams. Um, we're, we're going through every step of the current process um, that's in scope. And then we're, we're looking for ways to optimize um, and to really bring our expertise as being true talent advisors um, and, and making sure we haven't missed any opportunity that, that could be easy for us to accelerate success for both sides. Um, and then we go to the execute phase, which is where we um, 
where we work with um, our technology teams for anything that they've been building. We start to test. We start to really put our new processes and ways of working in into practice. We've gone through and are continuing to wrap up the change management on both sides. Um, we're putting the, the full delivery team in place and doing training. And uh, we are getting ready to uh, then go to transform, uh, which is the, the go live phase everybody hears about in implementation, which um, is really just the beginning, right? And I think that that's what people need to realize is implementation is a process and not an event. And when we get to that last phase of transform, we're really beginning the, the start of our relationship um, from a, a new way of working for both organizations together. And then that's where we're transforming and testing. We're looking to see over the, you know, the first um, you know, part of, of maybe could be a first quarter, could be the first month, depending on the size of the engagement. Are we, are we able to stabilize or do we still have more changes? It, it is what we thought would work um, in practice. And as it, is it doing what we hoped it would do? Um, are there any kind of small tweaks or things like that? But um, it's, it's a great, uh, a great way to break it down. Um, there are, you know, 300 or some odd steps within those four phases that happen behind the scenes. Um, but to keep it bite-sized, we really boiled it down to the NEXT. Are there any common challenges you've encountered? And if so, how have you solved those? Yeah, so I think at first, um, people were bobbling a little bit on the technology and wanting to be on video, wanting to really sit that long during a, during a process, um, you know, a couple hours at a time. So we had to learn um, how to how to break up those meetings um, and how to how to make it work for everybody. How to recap and make sure that the notes and and the the real time communication and tracking of things were available. So we're leveraging Teams um, now more than ever. We you know invite all of our our um, clients externally to to join that so they can see everything in real time. Um, and and so that the, that was one of the challenges is just the transparency and the ability to move quickly um, and and get people used to to being a little uncomfortable looking at themselves all day on video. I think our team specifically, you know, we're, we're speaking to so many new people every day um, and most often all day um, and we're on video a lot. And so people were just not sure of, you know, what that would mean. So anything from funny backgrounds, right, to muting and dogs barking and kids and all those types of things that happen, but really being able to continue to do our job um, at, a, at a high level of excellence while adjusting and adapting. And I think you know, this far into our kind of new ways of working, we're really, really hitting a stride and, and we're able to make our customers more comfortable, including our internal delivery teams that we also ask and say, hey, you should be on video, be ready for that. Um, and so it's it's uh, it's going much better than I would say it was. It, it doesn't feel so unnatural now. What advice do you have for building a partnership virtually and especially that issue of communication? What have been the best strategies? Yeah, we, we've had to ask a lot more questions um, and, and then I have had personally had to practice muting myself so I don't try to fill the, the little space of silence while people have to think. Um, you know, there's that weird, are you there? Did I lose everybody? You know, those things happen when people are thinking. And because you're not in person and sometimes people aren't on video, you can't tell that they're, they're thinking. So you just have to be patient. Um, and, and we've asked things two or three times. Um, we, we really go back to defining success together, making sure that we have that articulated places can um, all sides can see it and, and referring back to it probably more than than we would have in the past. Um, I, I think the other thing is is not being afraid to say, um, I think we need to do that again. You know, I think we need to have a, a another call. I think we need to dig in more um, or, if, you know, a certain stakeholder didn't make it um, to a phone call. You know, we're also recording them so that we can keep people up to speed. So oftentimes when we would do you know, longer meetings in person, people who are, you know, senior stakeholders might pop in and out. Um, they can't sit on a call for, you know, two hours or, or what have you. 
based on their overall schedules. So recording those has been a huge benefit for us as well to be able to share those. We know a lot of talent acquisition teams are running really lean right now. What advice do you have for organizations that are looking to implement a new program with a lean team? Well, I think that's the best part about RPO, right, is if you're looking to implement or even change providers or expand or decrease scope, whatever it is that you're trying to do, that's what we're made for. And so the good news is to just be honest about what access to subject matter experts are you going to have? And if the answer is I'm not going to have access to any because we're so lean, you guys are going to have to you know, figure it out with us. Um, that's OK. But I think it's about being transparent about what you can and can't do and also being willing to be flexible. Um, where needed and giving us access to things that maybe normally you might have had, you know, say a reporting analyst um, that was going to send things over. If you don't have that reporting analyst giving us the access we need to pull that for you. Um, asking for help and saying, you know, I really want to get this part done, but I simply just don't know how we're going to do it. And then that's our job. Our job is to bring the solution to you um, and to support you. Um, it seems overwhelming anytime that you are going into uh, a new relationship. That's a lot of work. The muscle memory is not there. Um, and I think it's just being willing to acknowledge that and, and really talk about change management, talk about what support you need in that regard as well, so that we can help you get the, the buy-in that you need from your stakeholders across your organization for the change. You know, another thing we're seeing a lot of is organizations moving to implement new hiring technology, especially when it comes to virtual interviewing. What advice do you have for those organizations? Use a Phoenix. That's my advice. Uh, I um I think that it's uh it parts of Phoenix are, are super helpful for that and and we can ramp them in very quickly. So the great news is with our our interviewing solution, um, we were able to turn on um you know I was also in delivery, so I don't just do implementation. I actually have to execute right. So um I I, I have to do what I build and work with what I build or what we build as a team. And so um, using a Phoenix and using the interview suite. Um, was an opportunity for us in the very beginning of COVID with uh, one of our clients to get video interviewing up and running very quickly. So um, we have the technology to support that. I think if you feel like you need that, you just let us know and we'll tell you what we can and can't do. Now, when you add integrations um, to overall systems and you want to you wanna do a lot of uh, complex um, things like that, it does add time and complexity. So also being flexible to say, hey, let's pilot it. Um, in a certain way. And then if we, we feel like we need to spend the time and the effort to integrate, which is always best in class, right? That's always helpful. Um, it just can slow things down. So I think it's tempering. What are your urgent, immediate needs? How much time do you actually have? What would be nice to have, which, which is you know also what is a must have? And, and leverage, leverage a Phoenix or the parts of it. I think anybody that's working with an RPO, your stakeholder um, in, in our organization at the VP level or the director level should be able to articulate those solutions for you. So you may not know what you actually need, but if you know what problem you're having, we're the, we're the people who are going to bring you the solution. So just talk about the problem, invite us in to help consult. Um, we don't expect you to know what exactly what you need to buy. Our goal is to help you um, understand which tools and which, which way to put them together um, to give you the best result. And are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with today? I think from an advice perspective is just to remember implementation or change is always difficult. Um, having a good partner to go through it with is, is a little bit better. Um, you're always going to have bumps in the road, uh, but, but communicating, not being afraid to ask a question that you think you should already know the answer to, being vulnerable with what's working and what's not working, um, I think are, are really important. You know, I think uh, being willing to be vulnerable and to share what's not working within your own organization versus feeling the pressure to have the right answer all the time is 
is what you should use RPO for or MSB. We are a consultant for you. Our job is to make sure that we come forward and bring solutions that you may not even know you need yet. So when you talk about the problems and you're open to ideas, that's where we can really help each other. And implementation is hard. It's, 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 it's not hard, but it doesn't have to be um, painful. And, and you know, just making sure that you're articulating what's working and what's not for your organization in our partnership will allow us to, to move and, and change our approach if we need to quickly. Well, that's the perfect place for us to wrap up. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I really, um, I really enjoy talking about all the different things that we can do as an organization. And then obviously, implementation and change management is something I'm passionate about. Uh, so anytime you want to have me back, I'll be happy to come. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. Just email us at marketing at peoplescout.com or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. To make sure you don't miss an episode or to hear more of our coronavirus series, visit our website and click on our Coronavirus Response Center. We will continue to publish new resources to help in any way we can. You can also subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking Talent is a People Scout production. Music by Sound Design through Shutterstock.